<laughs> Welcome in, 3HL on 104.5 The Zone. Happy Wednesday to you. It's hump day. Let's get to it, dog. Let's do it. Don Davenport alongside. I'm in the Come building. I'm in the building. Mm. Hey, I'm in the building. 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 And you know what? He's in the building without his license. I know, man. Like, and the craziest thing, like, Babs, like, one thing, I'm going to tell you this. One thing I don't do, I don't lose things. And I hold on to things forever. Really? Yeah, so it's like, this is really irritating to me because I know I haven't lost it. I've just misplaced it You somewhere. have misplaced it. And he I'm can't find, find his it. license if you're yeah. listening. So. so if you got it out there, man, be careful with it, man. Did you have it today at all? No, nah, so the, the, the time it went yeah. missing, I was in this seat during the Tennessee tailgate. And I remember having it then. I don't remember what I did with it after, but I went straight home. I'm going to uh, I'm going to call. I think it's going to be the per- people from six to ten a.m. on one hundred four five the zone. Ooh, you think they got the license? I'm going to think. It, I think I'm going to go with uh, is somebody's being savage to you. Is all I'm saying. Ooh. that's a guess. Have just a guess. Savagery. I haven't asked my boy. I mean, every time. Can I just say this? What? <laughs> I caught him in the in the well. I caught him in the act right after the act. Of uh, when I was coming to meet you guys and Ryan Kelly, yeah, and uh, there there were yeah, windshield was, wipers sitting straight up on the car. Dude, there was uh, this dude, man. Yeah. So yeah. tomorrow, when you when you turn Zone TV on, yeah, you're going to see J Mart, and then it's just going to be your license right up against the webcam. Yep. That, if yeah. I was savage, that's what I would do. That's what that would just be like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, that would be next level. If that right happened, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you that'll be that'll. I have to give more. I'll give more applause for that. That'll be pretty cool. That'll be pretty dope because that would be something I would do. And that, <laughs> you would do that. Yeah, that, that's that's. I like it where they got to thinking from. That, hey, guess cool. what? If you gave him applause, that would be way more than the Notre Dame football players gave their coach this after his speech. Is true. Oh Babs. my goodness! Mm-hmm. So Brian Kelly. We talked about the text message he sent out, the 7 a.m. meeting, you know, players be there so he could talk to. Oh, I wish I could have done this in person. What? My love for you is limitless. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, so, of course, of course, Barstool Sports uh, got a hold of the audio. One of the players recorded it and sent it to them. And so we listened to it. It was four minutes. I know there were reports he only spoke to him for 11 minutes. It was two minutes. It was four minutes and 11 seconds total, the entire speech, um, which, you know, it started off with, hey, basically, I'm sorry that I wasn't able to do this in person kind of thing. Uh, And (laughs) so Slay and I sat there and and listened to it. We probably need that four minutes of our life back. But (laughs) it was crazy at the end, though. And so we're just going to play basically the last, what, honk, minute of it? Two minutes It'll be about, it? We'll just say 40 seconds. We okay. don't want to put you through the whole four minutes yeah, or two Yeah, we're minutes. not, I mean, it was, it was blah, 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 right, for <laughs> most of it. But uh, this is the last 40 seconds. Check it out. Brian Kelly to his players. I love each and every one of you. Um, and for me, more than anything else, um, it's, it's a, uh, a sad day. But one where um, I know that each one of you are going to do great things and you've got more to accomplish. Um, You did too. So I wish everybody here the very best. 
And um, thank you for the opportunity that you've given me uh, and my family. Thank you guys, appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. That was the end. Let me tell you this, Bab. You could hear a pin drop. I know me. And immediately, I was, man, if you don't get your little scoop bop head, go <laughs> get out of here, shaggy built like, uh, you know, man, little astronaut built like dude. Like, hey, man, I would have, hey, I would have did something so crazy. Like, dude, that's what you're going to give us? Right. That's what, man, nah, man. No, not not at seven in the morning. That's my whole thing. If you're getting me up at seven in the morning, you better bring Starbucks. That's all and you got for me. Donuts and, <laughs> and remember, if Oklahoma State and Cincinnati loses, they they are they are in the college football playoff. Yeah. And you know we gonna do great things. That's what you got. Hey dog, listen. I told you, Babs, off air. I was pissed at Coach Green. He got not fired. Talking to the team, and he got fired. Wasn't so, his fault. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess technically it was his fault. I mean, fault, yeah, but. it was. But <laughs> at the same time, like, I still think it's the way you leave situations. Okay. Like, you know, I mean, Let me play devil's advocate there. Okay. Here, okay. I'm with it. With this landscape of college football, with the early signing period on December 15th, 15th is the is when the early signing period opens up. 15th through weeks. the 17th. That's two weeks from That's today. That's two weeks from today. Yep. That is way before the college football playoff is played. Yep. Right? Yeah, it's That's only, before it's only a lot of bowl games are played. Mm-hmm. So it's the NCAA's fault for the the fact that, that players and coaches have to be put in this situation. So my devil's advocate for you is... What do you expect a coach to do, though? How is a better way to handle it? And I go back to that SMU situation where Sonny Dykes basically on that Sunday told his team, hey, look, this is the Sunday before their final regular season game. We don't know what our futures are. Some of you might leave early to get drafted. Some of you might go to the transfer portal. Like, the future is uncertain. Mm -hmm. Let's just make a pact that we bust our butts to finish out this season strong. So, basically, he was telling them without telling them, hey, I'm gone at the end of this season, and he took the TCU job. So, he was telling them without telling them. But then if you're a coach, there's this fine line of telling your kids that you're going to leave with something not inked yet and the deal not totally done, and maybe you don't get something that you really think is important or want at that school, and you end up not taking the job and you end up staying. What if you had told your kids – hey, look, I'm, I'm leaving. Then all of a sudden you're not leaving because you don't get that job or it's not a finalized deal and you're in a pickle of a situation with your kids because they're like, well, you don't love it. You wanted to leave us and and then changed your mind, you know? Mm-hmm. I, so I, it's I, I will say this. I think it's a no win. Now, I think Brian Kelly has done this at every stop <laughs> and hasn't and has not been honest with his staff members, his team yeah. member. This is common for him, mm-hmm. right? He's He did it at Central Michigan. He did it at Cincinnati. Now he's done it at Notre Dame. So yep. this is, I mean, this is a pattern of behavior for him. But on the other side, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Right. What do you expect these coaches to do? I, I, I agree with you. I just, man, I, I'm, I just feel a certain way about a coach coming into a living room and recruiting me and selling me on him. And and I know for a fact 
when coaches come in there. Because if I'm a coach, I'm coming in there, I'm selling you on the loyalty, dedication, the commitment to what we're going to build right here, and family. Like, that's it. I, that, like, book it. And for you to bolt on me the next, nah, I can't. I it's just, and I know, man, I know, like, at this point, now you got a situation where they're trying to even the, they ain't even really trying to even the playing field, but now you got guys that can sit out bowl games, do all this, and yeah. get in the transfer portal. And but, leave whenever. Right. But leading up to this point, Coach has been doing this. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it ain't been right for a long time. So that's that's my thing. I just like, man, I, I man, man, loyalty. I, I tell you, I tell you this all the time, man. And it may just be me, loyal to a fault, man. Like you just can't leave me like that, man. I don't, how, if you how, get fired or anything, you can't leave me, man, like that. How would you feel if you were going into, let's say, the SEC tournament mm-hmm. and your position coach? Because that's what in college football is. What you know, a lot of times it'll be your position coach. Would sit you down and be like, "Hey, look, I just want to let you know tomorrow I'm talking with so and so. I just want to be upfront with you about it." I respect that. Okay, that that's why, because that's kind of how it has that. to go. Because let me tell you what you're gonna get from me. But then, what if it doesn't happen, see, and then you're already in? See, well, that's my whole thing. I, I'm with you. I'm to- totally with you. We got to go to break, but I'm with you because this is what I expect from me. Let's say we're going into the stretch end of the SEC season, and we're getting we got an opportunity to do some special things. And I told my meniscus, and instead of sitting out the rest of the year and waiting to come back next year or wait for the draft, guess what I'm going to do? Am I clear? Man, put me out there. I'm Oh, that's going on the back burner. I'm playing for my dogs. So I'm getting out there, and I'm playing right away. So that's where I'm coming from. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why, my, that's why I'm like, man, you can't leave me like that. If I'm, gonna put, if I'm putting all in, there's no way you, can, you cannot put all in like that. Now, it's a line of respect, Babs. And it's got to be drawn somewhere. Let's continue this conversation on the other (laughs) side. If you want to jump in, uh, Patrick, Chris, we'll get you. We've got Todd Furman coming up, but he's not till 430. So we'll have some time. We'll get your phone call. 615-737-1045. Should a player be committing to a coach or a place? Mm -hmm. And that plays into this discussion as well. Uh, 615-737-1045. This is 3HL. Welcome back in 3HL here on this Wednesday. Don Davenport, Ron Slay, Brent Doherty's off. Joe Hunk is behind the glass making everything go. Uh, and you, your phone calls and your participation. We've got Todd Furman coming up in a little less than 10 minutes. But before we jump in with Todd, we want to get your phone calls. We are talking about the Brian Kelly situation and really the Lincoln Riley situation as well. Right. Um, and coaches as a whole. I mean, you can add in Sonny Dykes and... <laughs> Uh, and on and on and on, coaches leaving their current schools, uh, going to other jobs, their obligation towards players, uh, what they owe them, conversations, and should a player be going to a school for a coach or for the university? Where do you fall on that? We actually have a couple of phone calls. If you want to jump in, 615-737-1045. Ron, what do you think? Let's start it off. Hunk with Chris on line one. Hey, Chris, how are you? Chris, what up? I'm good. How are y'all? Doing great, brother. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead. Hey, uh, there's two big game changers that I don't hear anybody talking about, and that's name image likeness Mm -hmm. and the transfer portal. 
So it's a business now. Everybody's getting paid. Schools are getting paid. Coaches are getting paid. Some or most of the kids can get paid. It's a business. There's no loyalty in business anymore. And not only that, a school can drop you like a bad habit two years after winning a national championship, which they it, it's happened this year. A kid can enter a transfer portal in the middle of a game. What? Why is everybody so hard on these coaches? A hundred percent agree, Chris. I, I, I agree yeah. with you, and, and and he's right on the business part. Yep, it is. It's not, it's not show love; it's show money, right? It's, it's become like is that, that. The quote? Did yeah. I just make it up? So yeah, that was you, yeah. You know, you made that up. And that's cool. But <laughs> show business. Show business. Yeah. So this is the thing. I agree with you on that point, but I was speaking in. It's just gotten like that in the last couple of years as far as the transfer portal and NIL. But the thing is, the reason I said that is prior to that, it wasn't like that. Now I said, if you were listening to the show earlier, I said now what you got to realize is they're trying to even the playing field. And I don't know if it's NCAA or whoever it is, but the playing field has been even in those regards as far as now the coaches, I mean, now the players are able to leave when they want to and be eligible to play wherever they go yeah. right away. And so and it's now a it's new, different. That's a new thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is the world we live in and the sport's evolving. So I'm fine with that. I'm just saying leading up to that point, I cannot understand when a coach walks out on a team like that without a conversation. That's my point in it. A conversation, the respect, because you – you got to imagine, man, when they walked in your living room, they had that same respect. Where did that go? Did that go out the window? Was that all a charade? Like, if that's the case, man, say that up front. And I'm going to respect that even more as a parent or whoever may. Man, this coach, this coach about winning. Can you help him win? Then we got something to talk about. You can't help him win? Am I waiting on him to develop you as a young man when you go to school and all that? No, that's what you have been sold on in the old days, in my days. You ain't been sold on that no more. You've been sold on what? Can you help this program win? Can you help me win? And if something else come along, like Brian Kelly did, which he has the right to do, both, it's gone. I just wanted to be an understanding because I don't want to hear during the year, man, this is a family. This is what we do. Like, don't preach that BS to me. I don't want to hear that. Don't you have to have that to be successful, though? What? That family feel. You I just, ain't got no choice but to have it. If you I want mean, them to run through that wall I for get you. the NFL is a business, yeah, right? But yep. look at this Titans team. I mean, it's next man up, love, yep. family, yep. tight-knit locker room. That's yep. what is making this team. Without That's question. how this team is able to overcome the adversity they've had. Without question. And now you got it where it's all on an even playing field, too, because yeah. you negotiate, I negotiate, I nego- they negotiate. Now, to get to the bigger picture and the bigger goal of winning, it's a different way to get there. But to get to be a professional, we got to agree to these terms. You're going to show up on your job. I'm going to show up on my job. I'm going to do my job. Now, anything outside of that, as far as winning championships and stuff, we got to come together to do that. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, a good call, though. Yeah, that was a good call, Chris. Uh, let's get Patrick in here before we go to Todd Furman real quick. Patrick from Franklin. Hey, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for yes. calling, Pat. You know, the last caller stole a bit of my thunder. But I I seem to have read earlier some stories about Brian Kelly actually grooming his successor at Notre Dame early in the season. So I suspect that Kelly 
suspected he was going to make a move somewhere. Mm -hmm. For some of the limitations that you talked about earlier at Notre Dame, no conference, so on and so forth, you know, what was his – we've seen their experience in the national championship game, and they didn't measure up as a team, Notre Dame. So, And with all the image likeness, uh, all that, it's a business. It's just a, it's a huge business. I mean, all of a sudden, the college coaches, nobody ever talked about super big contracts for pro coaches. Patrick, Patrick, coaches real quick, real quick. Patrick, hold on, hold on, hold on, Patrick. Let me, let me ask you something um, because we got to get to Todd Furman. And I want to know something from a listener to your point of view, your perspective on it. If a coach comes in your home to recruit your child, do you want, what do you want to be sold on? The, the the level of development, them going in you know, a greater life after this, scholarship, you're ready to walk into the real world, or come in and say, hey, man, listen, I'm in the business of winning. This is, well, I'm doing this, this, and that. Selling, mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're certainly selling a winning, uh, a winning uh, culture. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I suspect that the kids are concerned about the college they're going to, the history involved, you know, I'm sure they've done their own research because it's a big life decision for them. Right. So coaches can be as personable as possible. I, I know uh, they can illuminate the probability that you'll be able to go to the next level and play on Sunday, someday. Uh, I'm sure that's what all they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the world is the world and business is business. And, and business decisions don't always make everybody happy. So I'm sure they're prepared. Uh, part of being in college is growing up and learning what the world is like and being able to stand up and accept the challenges that sports on a daily basis present. So good, good stuff, Patrick, Patrick from Franklin. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Good stuff there. Um, I agree with him, but I also I don't want to something that makes college sports great and and wonderful. Okay, come on is with the it. emotion okay, and the passion and the love for your university right. and everything that right. makes it like not feel like the NFL and a business. Right. That is something that makes college football so beautiful right. and why I'm in love with that sport. That's why a lot of people are in love with it, man. So I don't want it. I know it's a business. Mm-hmm. I know it's a big business. I don't want it to turn into, hey, look, come play here. I don't really care about you mm-hmm. or the university or, the, you know, I don't, I don't want it to turn into a, like, strictly a business feel Mm -hmm. even though i get it but the passion and the emotion and the love for the name across your chest and that's why you're playing that cannot go away because that's what makes this sport so beautiful and i and i love that babs and that right there that emotion that you just spoke with is because because of your college experience right because you know what it was so that's why i'm saying i know what it's supposed to be but present it as such. We are now living in a day and age where the curtain has been lifted. We know everything that's going on. So now with that being said, come in and present it 100 to me. Don't come in and sugarcoat it. I don't need that. Okay, come but you got to have a little sugarcoat so, in okay, there for so it to is live it, on. Okay, okay so is it, is it business or is it not? Because if it's business, I got a different approach to it when I come into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm just saying. I, Babs, that was 
That's what I was looking for right there. Todd Furman is with us, getting all emotional here. Todd Furman from Bet the Board Podcast. Todd Furman, this this is what Brian Kelly has now done to our conversations here on 3HL this week, talking about business, non-business, what do you owe the kids, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, Todd, let's talk about the business of who is Notre Dame's next head coach going to be. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think, Don, when you look at the tea leaves, I mean, Notre Dame has obviously kept things relatively quiet. I have to imagine they're going to do everything they can to try and bring in Luke Fickle as their head coach. I can't see the Irish deciding to take Marcus Freeman, who's done a great job in his first year as defensive coordinator there, and letting him cut his teeth as head coach of Notre Dame right out of the gates. I think you have to get your chops as a head coach somewhere else instead of being under that microscope. So Luke Fickle or Bust would be my early favorite in terms of taking on that role. And if Fickle decides he wants to go somewhere else or spurns Notre Dame, I'm not quite sure where the Irish go to try and find the man to assume the reins for Brian Kelly. There you go. What about Oklahoma? Uh, Oklahoma, I mean, uh, from the people I've spoken to, it appears that Brent Venables, at least for right now, would be the front runner. We know he has ties to the program. I thought for a little while the Stoops family might want to try and keep their bloodlines there. But with Mark signing an extension in Kentucky, I'm sure he didn't want to operate in his brother's shadow. I do find it relatively entertaining, and uh, I've eaten crow before, so I will again in this particular spot. So many people saying that Bob Stoops could potentially assume the reins again as a full-time head coach. I just don't see that being the case. I think Bob enjoys his life in TV. He enjoys relaxing a little bit more. And he's got nothing to gain by going back for Oklahoma other than his love of the program to help them transition into life in the SEC. But I'll go one step further and say that Oklahoma, regardless of what direction they go, this could be the most important coaching hire this program ever will make. Because if you usher in a new era when you go into the SEC and you're not one of the teams that – atop the pecking order there. Going to be real difficult to get things back on track. Just ask Nebraska fans how that move to the Big Ten has worked out. No doubt. This is true. No doubt. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's jump into some of these championship games, shall we? And uh, let's start with, let's see, Oregon and Utah. Yeah, this is a game, uh, of course, we saw a couple weeks ago where Utah absolutely embarrassed Oregon and Salt Lake City, but a much different dynamic in play here at Allegiant Stadium compared to playing at Rice-Eccles. Anthony Brown struggled mightily, but a lot of that was because Utah took away the ground game. It was Oregon's worst rushing output of the season, just 63 yards. Brown went 17 of 35, and Utah was never truly threatened. This dynamic will be a little bit different. We've seen Oregon really thrive in championship game settings, and I think all the pressure shifts to Utah, who hasn't been quiet about saying they'd love to get to their program's first Rose Bowl and have a chance to be in Pasadena. When I look at this particular price, all the value here is on Oregon as a field goal underdog. Not sure I'm going to get to the window and actually bet them, but you couldn't pay me to back the Utes in this spot. Man, that's ugly. Um, <laughs> let's go Houston and Cincinnati, which is a big game, and a lot. If Cincy loses, we know what happens. Luke Fickle's yeah, gone. Yeah, and I think this game. <laughs> you know, when you look at this game, Slay, so many people trying to make a case for the underdog, talking about Houston, this and that, and the pressure will get to Cincinnati. I mean, this is a veteran team with a quarterback in Desmond Ritter who knows what it takes to be successful on the big stage. You have three potential defensive players that are going to be playing on Sunday. And when you look at what Sauce Gardner has done, this is a kid that has not allowed a single touchdown pass in coverage for his entire time on campus there. So when you look at Houston offensively, they don't run the ball all that well. Alton McCaskill is a nice player, but not ultra efficient. Nathaniel Dell, the top receiver, 71 catches this year. 
I think if you can take him away and force some of the secondary options to beat you in this Cougars passing attack, it'll put a lot more pressure on Clayton Toon. I think this game could get away from Houston early. Uh, I like the game under the total, and I like the favorite. I think Cincy really puts the clamps on the Cougars. Nice. like that. like that, Todd. All right, let's go to Big Baylor, 12. Oklahoma yeah, State, obviously Oklahoma State moving up into a prime position. We're talking college football playoff. Four and a half is, I think, where this opens. And probably no bigger Georgia fan anywhere in the country than what will be unfolding in Stillwater, assuming Oklahoma State's able to take business. Take care of business with that 11 o'clock central kickoff at Jerry's World. You look at the Cowboys, and there's no doubt the biggest concern for Jim Knowles uh, and Coach Gundy will be, can the Cowboys replicate that energy and that level of engagement we saw in Bedlam last Saturday, a game they were relatively fortunate to win when Oklahoma took a nine-point lead. They dropped an apparent pick six, and to Spencer Sanders' credit, he was able to lead the team back. I look at Baylor and do have some concerns about how the Bears are going to consistently move the football. So oftentimes they need to rely on their ground game, and that's not the best way to attack this Oklahoma State defense. One of the things about the Cowboys that makes them so dynamic on that side of the ball is they don't start a player under the age of 21 years of age. So the reality of it is Jim Knowles can be a lot more aggressive in his scheme. You don't have to worry about kids making costly mistakes. And I think Oklahoma State knows what's at stake here. I actually like this game under the total. I think the number is extremely fair, but I think Baylor struggles to score. And I'm not quite sure Oklahoma State scores more than 24. What was the preseason outlook on Oklahoma State? I cannot remember. Yeah, it wasn't nearly as rosy as this. Uh, I can tell you that much. It was kind of Oklahoma as the odds-on favorite, about minus $1.50 to be Big 12 champions, and it was Iowa State really breathing down their neck at a shade less than 2-1. to one. The Cowboys were anywhere from that 8-1 to one on the low end to 12-1, to one. but Baylor, obviously a bigger long shot. This was a team whose win total had them on the outside looking into the postseason, so it's a credit to what Dave Aranda's built, and if you had the foresight to see this coming in Waco, I believe you could have found a price right around 50-1 to one for Baylor to win the conference. Well, let's go to Big Ten, Michigan and Iowa. Iowa defense hold up. What are we looking at in this game? I mean, they're going to have to here, Slay, because you wonder about what the Iowa offense can do and what's their ceiling in this spot. 14, 17 points. They're going to have to play a game maybe similar to what we saw in 2015 where they lost a 16-13 thriller to Michigan State in the last time Iowa played for a conference championship. But, again, you do wonder about Michigan. I mean, there was a pretty – uh, eventful game, to say the least, against Ohio State. A lot of motion that was left out there in the stadium and from the players knowing what it took to get the monkey off their back against the Buckeyes. But I think Michigan doesn't get enough credit for how dynamic they can be offensively. They don't rely on just one to two players. We saw Hassan Haskins go for five touchdowns. We've seen Donovan Edwards have catch 10 balls for 170 yards against Maryland. I mean, they have a number of different players that are going to put pressure on an Iowa defense that hasn't given up 28 points in a game since 2018. Low-scoring, ugly football game. I lean towards the underdog, but wouldn't be shocked at all if Michigan wins this game by 14 points, uh, meaning you come up just short with an Iowa ticket. SEC Championship Georgia, six-and-a-half-point favorite against Alabama, which I don't remember the last time that somebody else was a favorite over Alabama in this game. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a while, especially when you look at how this series has gone, and Alabama's beaten Georgia now in six straight this number a couple weeks ago when we started talking about it was Georgia minus three. Clearly, Alabama struggles down the stretch against the likes of LSU, Arkansas, and, of course, Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Forced odds makers hand a bit, and you do wonder how Alabama's offensive line will hold up in this spot. 
But the bigger question for me is the Georgia offense. They haven't really been forced out of their comfort zone yet this season. Alabama defensively is going to pose some challenges. So we'll see how aggressive the game plan is from Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin. Do they let Stetson Bennett throw the ball early, opening things up in the ground game? I mean, Brock Bowers, arguably the only real dynamic threat you have to worry about in the passing game because we're not quite sure if George Pickens is 100%. I don't have it in me to try and take Alabama here. Maybe at seven I'd make a value bet. Lean under the total. I think both these defenses can have some success. Um, almost forgot the probably exactly the ACC championship everybody picked preseason, right? Wake Forest and Pitt. <laughs> Where are you on that one? Yeah, not quite. Uh, if you had both of these teams, 100 to one on Wake Forest and Pittsburgh, anywhere from 40 to one upwards of 50 to one. But Kenny Pickett and Sam Hartman have truly been special, and I think this game will be the most entertaining of all the conference championships. When you talk about the offensive firepower, you know Pickett. When you get mentioned in the same breath as Dan Marino, you know you're doing something right. Meanwhile, Sam Hartman, the first quarterback in the ACC to throw for 30 touchdowns and rush for 10 since Lamar Jackson did it, so he's also in rarefied air. I just think that Pittsburgh can get more stops on the defensive side than Wake can. When you look at this Pitt defense, they've been stout against the run. They've been great at creating havoc and getting after the opposing quarterback. I think we're talking about a track meet here, uh, but I just think Pittsburgh can get one or two more stops. Uh, I like the Panthers here at a field goal. So, real quick on that, uh, Todd, 71 and a half, that's a lot over under? Yeah, totals come down a touch. Uh, You know, you need so many things to go right in a game like this. And when you look at Pittsburgh over the last couple weeks, they've actually been a little bit better on the defensive side. So I'm not going to say that Dave Clawson will really slow this down. Uh, But it would shock me at all if we were talking about a 35-31 final. Not at all. Uh, And that would still have it coming in under the total by nearly a touchdown. Anything else you want to hit on that we may have missed? You know, some of these group of five championships are interesting. I have to give odds makers credit, though. I don't think there's a ton of value here when you look at Appalachian State as a road favorite uh, against Louisiana Lafayette, who will be playing without head coach Billy Napier. Uh, UTSA in Western Kentucky should be fun down at the Alamo Dome, a game these teams played earlier in the year where UTSA outlasted them 52-46. to I like Western a bit there, but at minus three, again, you're not stealing anything. So these numbers, unfortunately, don't offer a ton of betting value. I think if you want to try and find a little bit of an investment opportunity, maybe wait for a halftime or see if there's a team that gets down early in the game that gives you a live betting opportunity. But I have not bet a single game yet other than the Houston Cougars team total under 21 and a half. Like that one. Um, anybody want to know anything else? You got to go talk to Bet the Board Podcast. That's what Todd Furman is pushing, baby. Yes, there you go. At Todd Furman on Twitter. Todd, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Enjoy the great games this weekend. And more importantly, a bye week for the Titans. So it means they can't get saddled with another loss. <laughs> or another Ouch. injury. That's the important part. Or another part, win, Todd. Todd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Slayer, right. there'll be a time for that. They play the Jaguars coming up. You lose that game, you may as well disband the franchise in two weeks. <laughs> bye, Todd. Bye. Be a good guy. See ya. <laughs> Todd Furman. Uh, by the way, you can hit him up on Twitter. He'll respond mm-hmm. to you. Add Todd Furman uh, if you want to, you know, give him some crap for what he just said, too. Right. We, we fully support you on He's that. Good. Love, Furman. Um, hey, look, we just added Dan Wetzel to the show. Oh, He's yeah. going to join us at 520. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, wrap up the 4 o'clock hour, and get ready for uh, Dan Wetzel to talk a little college football and what is going on in the landscape of coaching carousels and all of that. Conversation continues after the break. This is 3HL on 104.5 The Zone. I like the song, Hunk.
<laughs> Good choice. Feeling it today. Feeling it. Welcome back in, Don Davenport, Run Slay. Brent Doherty is uh, gone. His son is uh, about to go vie for a state championship in high school football. Yes, so good is. luck to them tomorrow on. Morning. Is it tomorrow morning? Okay. Yep. Good luck to them time. on Thursday. We got some interesting conversation going on today um, on 3HL. And if you want to get involved, you need to go on Zone TV where you can go on, on YouTube. You can go oh, on. Oh, I have forgot. I haven't. This is what happens when, when the mayor's oh, not here. I, I haven't got, said it at that, all. That's, see, that's why I got to be running the wing and I stopped just running down low. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. they trap you in the backcourt, Babs. You got to be able to have an outlet. I got to be your outlet. So yeah. Facebook. And okay, well, Twitter, it's almost 5 o'clock and, and now Twitch. my outlet's just now here. <laughs> and Twitch. <laughs> Which please. There you go. So you can so you can join Took in the conversation. Down the court, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they will put me in he's the game. In, he's in his his preseason overseas right. out right. of shape. That's right. Yeah. yeah. See, now I'm ready though, Babs. Look, here I am. See, I'm here. Yeah. Pass me the ball. Pass it, Babs. Yeah. I'm trying to dribble through. Lord, <laughs> Lord, Lord. Yeah, we're talking about coaching changes, coaching carousels, yeah. and um, you know, should a player be committing to a coach? or a university um yeah. and i don't know why are we why are we giving these coaches such a hard time yeah I, and, and, and they're listen, in a no-win situation yeah it has been a lot of feedback man but man a part of it is i think when you see it you see the numbers that they're getting and you and and this is regardless of wins and losses yeah you know what i'm saying like you you're talking there, about the money yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that—that's a big number, isn't it? Ridiculous. And you and Mac <laughs> say that that's going to trickle. That's going to affect the NFL's salaries yeah. in their next coaching hirings yeah. too. So meaning meaning it'll go up. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oof. it's going to get serious. That's why Cliff Kingsbury's like no comment. Yeah, he is I the bet. number one example yep. for this. I bet he's so. like, oh, I'm about to see what NFL coaching salaries are turning into now. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we we all in. Yes, we, we are. Um. In. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. If you want to jump in on the conversation, Darrington is on the line. Hello, friend. How are you? Hello, people. I'm, I'm loving being able to call in on the Marquette Real Estate. Is a hotline. It's pretty good. Pretty Very smooth. Nice. I love the transaction. Nailed um, it. Question, Babs. Are you going to be here this Friday? Yes. I know that you're usually. Oh, so you are. So you should be able to fill in an ad this week, then. <gasps> yes, because I'm going to be here Friday. Yes, yes, I yes. Feel good, good. Right. So my thing is, um, I, I I hear Ron. I hear you guys saying to how you fell in love with college about the emotion and the passion. Now, and you saying should players commit to coach or should they commit to school? Well, wouldn't you look at this as each situation different? If you're going to go sit in someone's living room, because most players are looking to get in and get out to the next level anyway. So for that player that you know has the talent or the potential to play at the next level, then you coach them and then you uh, address them in that manner. Now, for the ones that you know that college is going to be it and that's going to be it, then you coach, then you bring them in for the school. And I'm thinking coaches are looking at it as, why do I have to be fired to go get another job? Definitely look at Notre Dame. Like you've been saying, Notre Dame, there are limitations. I mean, if you have a job to be in LSU and you get to be in the SEC, why not take that opportunity? Why wait till you get fired? Because once you get fired, you get fired for something. So I was just wondering what you guys take it on that, you know, people going to the next level and the, 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 the passion and the love not being the same as what you guys were. Because you got to think, every generation is always something new. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little yeah. bit laughter, love less, 
than it was before. So I just want to know what you guys think is on that. Y'all have a good one. Be safe. Appreciate it, Darrington. Well, I, I I don't I don't disagree with him. I just think that I'm I'm more I'm more on the side of you gotta you, pitch me what's real. That's that's what I want. That's what I want. However you do it. Now you gotta realize. But what if the, at the time of the pitch it is real? What is real though? Well, like okay, let's talk about this show. You you're mm-hmm. you join the team, right? Like my. You know, when we're talking, I'm like, right. dude, this this place is awesome. Yeah. You're going to love it. We have fun. Right. We, this, this, like, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. But I have a contract that's coming up, yep. and there's other jobs out there, yep. but that doesn't mean that it wasn't real when I pitched to you. No, and, Sidebar, and this I, is a I, fictional conversation. This is fictional, Just yes, yes. Just to make sure everybody knows this is a fictional <laughs> conversation. No, and I agree with you, but I knew coming into it, this is all business. So that's why I said you got to draw the line as, if we're going to treat this college game as business, then I totally understand it because – there is no gray area. I'm coming into and knowing exactly what, like, this man can be gone. Now, I also got the opportunity. Now, when you are gone, I can be gone with you. Like, where you going? True. Hey, coach, listen, I'm getting that port. I'm rolling with you, dude. So, I, that way I understand Which his business. May but, happen. but, but, but it's, it, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Which does happen. But <laughs> I don't think it's being sold like that going into these living rooms because it's still being sold on the college experience. What we built as a family here. Does this keep going on? This is going on because the head, who is you, you built this. You know what I'm saying? So if you, if I, I know you, hot, the fickle comes in to my living room. I know for a, a fact, man, it's a good possibility that fickle ain't gonna be there. And I'm gonna ask him that. So I got an opportunity for you to tell me that. Now you gonna lie to me or tell me the truth? That's on you, man. You gotta tell me the truth. You gotta tell me if a if a chance arrives that I can vote, I'm gone. Just like you tell me, if a chance arrives for you after your junior year, you can vote. Coach, we're on the same way, Pat. Shake hands. Let's get this work done. What if he loses a recruit because of that? Okay, we got to take a break. Here we go. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be back for the 5 o'clock hour, 615-737-1045. This is 3HL.